the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Apply for complete details. Please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Let's talk a little markets. Let's talk a little stocks. Let's get a little perspective of what's been happening. Let's do a little financial planning as the show progresses. The SP 500 broke its four session losing streak in a less than convincing fashion. That's the problem. It wasn't really... It's August. It just feels that way, right? So four days didn't turn into five days. Will one day turn into back into negative? Are we seeing the beginning of the end? Are we seeing the pause that refreshes? Right? Um, SP 500 down one. I already heard the bell ring. That was premature. Dow down 30. NASDAQ up too. Stagflation is a word that's starting to be thrown around. Existing home sales jumped 6.5%. No one really expects housing to be derailed by interest rates jumping from 3.6% for a 30-year mortgage up to about 4.5%. Maybe if we jump to 6-7%, but these are still pretty low rates. And I think people will see that. Now, prices may not jump as much. But I still think people want to get into a home. They see home ownership versus rental as a way of creating some equity, as a way of paying themselves. Stagflation is a word that's been thrown around recently. And it's, not, it's kind of a dirty word in the world of Wall Street. So, you know, if you go back 30 years ago and you take a look at, you know, what our policies were, the Fed is ultimately going to get what it's want, which is growth, which is growth in employment. You know, it's not a lot of inflation. Two and a half percent, two percent. So now we're not going to see double digit inflation, but consumer deleveraging cycle, 
is it over, is it not over? It's things that we're watching. Some people think that we're starting to leverage back up, that we've already do leverage as much as we feel comfortable with. So there's lots going on. And today the Federal Reserve is going to release their minutes. And we're all going to wait for the minutes. They come in the 1 o'clock hour, I believe. Um, And I throw that out there because I don't think today matters. I think what happens after the market is what matters. You know, the buy the dip mentality on Wall Street is certainly, I think, alive and well. But again, the market meetings today that come out at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, 11 o'clock our time, we're going to be paying attention to them. Because they reflect what happened roughly about 20 days ago, late July, end of July. And will the word taper be in there? Will the word, you know, will it be more dovish? Will it be more hawkish? Will it, you know, look at the threshold of unemployment versus Fed funds rate? Will it look at, you know, the longer term problem of people are underemployed? Today we had underwhelming from Target, Staples, and American Eagle. Staples is small business, Target is average American. And we're underwhelmed. Very underwhelming. So what you have there is kind of the opposite of what we're seeing out of Lowe's and Home Depot. Home Depot jumped 3% yesterday, ultimately gave it all back, but people were excited by their upping expectations for the rest of the year. Same thing with Lowe's. Our homes are going up in value. Our desire to make our homes pretty and garden and keep everything nice also going up. For the record, I've got a lemon tree, a lime tree, two orange trees. It's one of the best investments you can make if you live in the sunny state of California is fruit trees. They're very cheap to buy, and they produce a lot of fruit that you can yummy eat. Now back to Staples and Target. Staples is a small business, and it's not going gangbusters. Nor is Target going gangbusters. Nor is American Eagle. And I'd say American Eagle is a little bit tougher of a call for me because that's teenage 25. But the read on Staples and Target is just flat out negative for our economy. They're just, those are so well run companies that the word disappointing typically is tough to put by their name unless it's the economy stupid. Toll Brothers followed form with most of its peers, posted some heady year-over-year growth across just about every metric. Toll is running into that wall of concern that rising interest rates are going to put a crimp in demand in the coming quarters. Again, I don't think it's disaster. I still think Americans are going to look around at the end of the day, and we're going to say, you know what? That 30-year fixed-rate mortgage isn't so unattractive. That 15-year, not so unattractive. Now, was it as good as I could have got two years ago or a year ago or two months ago? Yeah, but that's behind you. Unless you have Sherman's Wayback Machine, you're not going to be able to jump in and get those. Stocks registering some opening bell losses today, but not too bad. Investors are waiting on the Fed meetings. Fed meeting minutes. Um, The mortgage index fell. 13th decline out of the last 15 readings. So the rush to refi... The rush to get a mortgage, it's clearly tapering. Ooh. 
tech stocks doing well today? Financials, telecom, and utilities doing poorly. So just by the, the, you know, the face of it, it's telling you. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.85%. That'll probably have a big move change today at 11 a.m. Gold sits down $10 an ounce to 13.61. U.S. existing home sales jumped to a three-year high. Now, that's nice. U.S. home resales rose in July to their highest level in over three years, suggesting a sharp increase in borrowing costs, having only a limited impact on the housing market recovery. Some other stories of note today. Fast food worker strikes are coming to you. Probably August 29th. Not a good day to eat at Wendy's, McDonald's, or... Wall Street declines even as housing data improves. Good day to you. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Existing home sales climbed 6.5% as housing is recovering. Existing home sales rose 6.5% in the month of July. Median prices up 14% since July 2012. Median price of a home in the United States is $213,500. Sales have topped year-go levels for 25 straight months. It's probably not sustainable forever, right? With that said, housing's had a nice recovery. Wages really haven't. That is a bit of a problem. Because in the end, you could only afford so much until you can't afford it and you stop making payments on things like credit cards and homes. Mortgage applications fall as rates push higher. I mean, we could afford less home. Cost rising for employer-provided health care benefits up 4% for family plans and 5% for individual plans. Why is that a story? It's clearly a story because, 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 the wonderful things he does. Um... It's clearly a story because, you know, again, how much can you afford? If your health care premiums are up 4 to 5%, how much more money do you have to pay for your house until you have to get it foreclosed on? Do you see what I'm saying? So wage inflation is critically important in the United States. I don't see a lot of people saving a lot of money. Therefore, if they don't get wage inflation, they don't have much to draw upon in a worst-case scenario. 
which thus creates a cycle of, well, housing could go right back down. I don't think housing goes right back down. I think good markets are good markets. But at the same time, my sister is from the East Coast, and she recently visited with her children. And I've got a million-dollar home. She's got a $200,000 home. And she thinks her home is a mansion compared to my home. Now, I save more equity than she does. With that said, she travels better than I do. If we had the same income, this would be more relevant of a story, but it's really not. But you get the point. Housing is expensive. So. Other big stories out there of note today. Gold prices decline with focus on the Fed minutes. If the Fed says anything good about the economy, it's bad for the short-term interest rates. But it's good news about the economy. I'm kind of tired of this low interest rate environment. I'd like to see higher interest rates, to be quite honest with you. Not right now. No, 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 no. But soon. And that's kind of the damnation game that we play, is when do we get a good economy, we get more expensive borrowing. Apple's higher today, which is nice to see. I own shares of Apple. Um, I don't think there's any big news on it. Nothing that I'm seeing anyway. Ooh, Google. Have you all heard this story yet today? Bye-bye, free Internet services. Bye-bye, free Internet services, right? There's a story out there that Google is interested in pursuing the rights to the NFL ticket, which is a direct TV package where you can get your football team outside their market. You can watch every football game, even if you're not in a football market. Now, what's interesting to note about that is, I think it's pretty obvious to me, billions of dollars is nothing to a company like Google or Facebook. To a company like DirecTV, it's a big chunk of change. You know, will Google actually go through with this? I don't know. I I kind of imagine that they would. I don't see why not. Apple is finally launching iTunes Radio in September, has millions in sponsorship revenues locked up. Okay. Can't say that's the most exciting story out there today. Um, Google launched something called Helpouts. You pay to video chat with an expert on a topic. Starting to see like the words pay here and there, right? So back to that Google story on the NFL. Buying the rights to broadcast games on YouTube. You know, clearly Google knows more about me than DirecTV. Google knows what I search for. Google probably knows my name, my age, my income, because I've probably put it into some sort of form somewhere. The current package costs DirecTV $1 billion a year. The next deal is going to cost much, 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 much more. Recent deals from CBS, Fox, and NBC were up 50 to 60%. The NFL negotiated a new deal for players that suggest revenue had to rise 30%. A new deal will be up 20-25% for the Sunday ticket based on you know, numbers that are being crunched at this point in time. 
Google's got the money. If the NFL wants to play with Google, it's basically a done deal. You know, the NFL is open to over-the-top providers, non-traditional broadcasters. You know, for Google, a sports league is kind of small peanuts. It's a global company with global ambitions. NFL is huge in the U.S. It would be a game-changer for Google and what they want to do in the TV market. I think that's probably the most pertinent story of the day. The businesses that Facebook and Google operate are not free. They do both make money, but they can make a lot more money, too, by charging a dollar a month, two dollars a month, a hundred dollars a year. And I think it's going to happen. So, um, J.M. Smuckers, mmm, Smuckers Jams. Uh, company owns Folgers as well in Pillsbury. They expect sales to fall about 1%. So, profit up 14%. American companies are great at operating lean and mean. But it would be nice to see them get some revenue on the top side so they can get some fatter profits if you're a Wall Street investor. Apple's iPod, losing momentum in China's market. Um, Chinese manufacturers, uh, obviously doing well. So Apple's iPad had a 28% tablet shipments in China during the quarter, down from 49% a year earlier. Samsung's shares moved up from 6% to 11%. Consumers are buying cheaper tablets and smartphones running the Google-backed Android operating system. Lenovo's in third place in the tablet market with 8% share, down from last year's 9%. Got a big seminar coming up in Los Gatos in early September. It's a Thursday evening event. You can learn more about the the event. The last one sold out, which is cool. That's fun. You can learn more about the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. It's in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. Take a break here. It's a retirement workshop boot camp. We'll be right back on Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I weave financial planning information in with you know, just general basic wealth accumulation thoughts. I think it's pretty sad how few people save money for retirement. And they're not going to really notice it until it's a little bit too late. I want your retirement to be glorious. I don't want it to be bitter. I want you to stop saying phrases like, banks rip me off. If anyone rips you off, it's you. Not reading what you're signing. Not understanding that using an outside ATM is more expensive than using one with your bank's name on it. Right now we have the SP 500 down 4, the Dow down 38, the NASDAQ down fractions. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him and his financial planning firm at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. 
They say that corporations are living beings, and that's why I don't really trust earnings season, because as a living being, as a human, I, I kind of know that I manage my taxes. I kind of like massage it, that, yeah, let's run it through the program one more time and see if I can get more money. With that said, let's not get caught by the IRS. <laughs> what are some of the flags that the IRS might see? What, so what are some of the flags that cause your return to be highlighted for a potential audit? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, this, the simple one nowadays is making too much money. So your chance of being audited for most of America is pretty low. It's 1.11%. But as soon as you hit 200000 or more in income, that quadruples. It's about 4%. So if you make that much, there's a 25% chance that you're going to get audited. So if you're making over $200,000, probably going to get audited now in the next four years. Okay. And if you're $1 million or more, you know... It, it's a real high likelihood in the next two years you're probably going to get audited, especially based on new tax laws that were passed, making sure people are compliant. So that's that's one. Another big one is, um, especially for people that contract, they do a lot of contract work, yeah. or they work for somebody with a W-2, and then um, they do some contract work, and they may lose the 1099, but the IRS gets a copy of it. Don't think that you're the only one that gets a copy of that 1099. So failing to report all of your taxable income, your 1099s from your brokerage firm, from your bank accounts, um, W-2s, all of that stuff. So as soon as you do something where you forget to report a little amount, maybe it's $1,000, oh. that's a red flag for an audit. Because they say, we received 11 out of 12. We received 12 documents, you submitted 11. Ding, 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 ding. It's pretty easy math to catch someone. Yeah, because then they assume that you've consistently been lying, and they're going to go back and look at even more returns, yeah. put you under the... Microscope. You remember I dated an IRS agent in college, right? Yeah, how did that end up for you? Not so good. Yeah. Got a couple audits. <laughs> so. so charitable deductions is another big one because laws have kind of changed over the last couple of years, and people used to kind of inflate their drop-offs at Goodwill or whatever that may be. There's a Form 8283 for donations that you make over $500. So as soon as you file that, your chances of an audit increase. So that's unfortunate. You know, if you do give more and you're legitimately giving more, yeah. you're filing that form, it actually is a bit of a red flag. So people that do that, if you make higher income, if you do a lot of charitable giving, if you have stock options and, and contract work, remember, if you get audited, wow. it's the CPA that represents you in front of the IRS agent, and they know how to do that meeting. Let you me, don't. Let me show you how most audits start. You submitted 2009 taxes that said you owed this. We see that you actually owe two times that. It starts with a letter. Right. It doesn't start with them coming to your door, knocking on it, Mr. Black, we're here to seize your property. It starts with, we disagree. There's a deficiency, so you're guilty until proven innocent, so prove that you're innocent. Right. And if you can't prove you're innocent, we eventually will levy your accounts. <laughs> so um, it's, you know, it's something that you want to get on top of right away, because any deficiencies, if they're true deficiencies, have really, really high interest rates and penalties that really add up. It's really tough to go bankrupt against the IRS. Absolutely. It stays on your record a long time, too. And they'll take a little $50 payment here or there, but they want their payments. Yeah. You know, another big one is people that claim the home office deduction. <laughs> and this gets really, really messy. I did that people like talk about. Yeah, it's, it's such a – it's not worth the hassle. No. I'm telling you right now, it's not worth the hassle um, in terms of, you know, people try to write off all of their, you know, a huge amount of their rent or taxes or utilities and phone bills for their home office deduction. Cable modem. I used to write off that cable modem every year, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do it this year. <laughs> so, and it's supposed to be exclusive use. So, you know, that that's the issue right there. So, you're, you're doing a lot of home office deductions. Get ready for that audit in the next four years. 
Anything else that we need to know? I got about a minute left. Gosh, are you uh, you know people claiming a lot of rental losses or claiming they're active in real estate so they don't there's there's you know twenty five thousand dollar allowance but people try to get more than that if they say they're active. Um, deducting business meals if you have a huge amount there that's going to get audited more than likely. Claiming a hundred percent use of a vehicle as business nobody uses you know unless you're getting the corporate car yeah. and you have your own separate cars for personal use that doesn't typically happen. And a big one, Rob, is people that try to start a business and it loses money for more than three years and really what it is is a hobby. Maybe it's you know, selling candles or whatever it may be. Herbalife. <laughs> as soon as you use that as a business and then you've lost money for more than three years in a row, the IRS is going to start looking at it as a, ho- as a hobby and you're going to put yourself under the We know a guy spotlight. whose wife sells Brazilian jewelry or something like rainforest jewelry mm-hmm. and it ain't ever going to make money. It's, just, <laughs> it's a hobby to keep his wife from nagging him. <laughs> Don't comment on that one, but uh, a cash business that does it, failing to report foreign bank accounts is a real big issue these days for people. So if you're doing anything in you know Mexico, that's got to be reported. Um, and currency transactions, and you know if you if if you look at your return and you take higher than average deductions than most people in your area, that's a red flag. So those people that do that, they really need to have a good CPA on their side to do the tax returns. You know, I wouldn't use TurboTax; I'd use a professional. Yeah, if you, uh, professionals can cost you twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars, though. Well, that's a high end return, but yeah, yeah, it's for the average self employed, it probably won't be that much, but it's it's worth having a good enrolled agent or CPA. CFP Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. dot com. He is friends with the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> friends with the IRS. CFP Chad Burton. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. McDonald's is selling a black bun in China. That's uh, it died basically out of squid ink. Ooh. Interesting to see what links companies will go to to obviously expand their brand. Speaking of interesting, and I think this one is interesting, uh, iTunes clearly suffering from the Pandoras, the Spotify's, the 20 other radio-like companies. Uh, with that out there, uh, iTunes is changing ever so slightly, right? Apple is finally launching their own competitor to try to keep iTunes relative. It's going to be called iTunes Radio. It's got millions of sponsorship revenues already uh, s- stacking up. McDonald's, Pepsi, and Nissan iTunes Radio's exact launch date has not been set yet, but with their new operating system, announced roughly, you know, 60, 75 days ago. Typically takes about 100 days since they announced an operating system for them to get the operating system out there. September will be the launch for iTunes Radio, probably tied towards their new phone. McDonald's, Pepsi, and Nissan, Procter & Gamble have committed to a 12-month campaigns ranging in cost from high single-digit millions of dollars to tens of millions of dollars. So Apple suddenly going to instantly be competitors with Pandora. Reports claim that, you know, a couple other brands are doing a relationship as well out there. Apple reportedly wanted only high-end advertisements. Ads are expected to run across iPhones, iPads, computers that use iTunes, televisions with the Apple TV set-top box. For We get one audio ad for every 15 minutes and one video ad for every hour. 
iTunes Radio will be ad-free for people who pay for iTunes Match Cloud Music Service. It's going to be probably only a U.S. only at launch, and they'll add U.K. and other countries. Now, some people say it won't be a direct competitor with Spotify, Deezer, Rhapsody, or RDO. RDIO. It will not provide on-demand access for people to choose individual songs, so it's going to be more of a competitor with Pandora. Pandora is the most successful service in the space, reaching 71 million active listeners in July. They account for 7% of total radio listening during the month. Personal radio-like features are becoming standard elements in on-demand streaming services. Apple's going to be really well-positioned to be in the vehicles. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. And uh, we, the consumer, will enjoy it until companies get into a monopoly-like position. If Google does get the rights for the NFL, they will be in a monopoly-like position. They will have the, you know, internet and broadcast rights of out-of-town games. And that's pretty powerful. And it's cheap. It's not cheap. It's just, uh, it's just you know, these companies are so rich, Google and Facebook and Apple, that getting the rights to the NFL from someone like a DirecTV, it could be a lost leader as long as it leads to other sales elsewhere. Lost leader is an interesting concept to start talking about. Lost leader implies that when the Xbox and the PlayStation 4 come out, that they're going to lose money, the companies that make this, Sony and Microsoft, in the first year, because the hardware's they're subsidizing the cost of the hardware to get it into your hands. And then in year two, three, four, five, when the cost of the hardware technology comes down, they'll break even and they'll make a little bit of money, but they make their, most of their money off the software licensing. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. We've got a big event coming up in Los Gatos. Early September, Retirement Boot Camp. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. OMC meeting. That seemed to outweigh a report from the National... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Vivo is coming to Apple TV boxes and Samsung web-connected TVs. I goofed around with an internet TV a couple years ago, just seeing what it was all about before coming to the conclusion that it was basically crap, useless, worthless. But now, web-wired-based applications into your television are becoming faster and smoother, more seamless, whether it's a Roku or an Apple device. If you've ever used uh, Netflix on an Apple TV product, it's slick, it's beautiful, it's very cool. It's not that static, two-dimensional uh, view that you get online. Music video company Vivo is going to migrate from YouTube to the television tube via Samsung Smart TVs and Apple TV services. Now, they're going to create a whole channel. YouTube takes <clears throat> up to 50% cut in videos. Some people think that's too high. So Vivo is going to create a channel on Samsung and Apple TVs. Apple and Samsung get 
you know, a product, a channel that's unique. Uh, the music companies like Sony and Universal, they get um, more profit for creating slick videos of their artists. So we'll see how it plays out. I like the idea. You know, Vivo could be, you know, instantly crafted into Microsoft's Xbox video game consoles, Roku's streaming players. Um, I don't know. They've had a tough time getting people to watch their unique independent apps. So counting on Apple to deliver their services. And, you know, my first thought is, why doesn't Apple just buy them? Apple's got the cash, but Apple's been very stingy with who they're buying. Had they bought Netflix two years ago, they would have an awesome product for Apple TV. They didn't, to say the least. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I work closely with financial planner CFP Chad Burton. If you have a sizable portfolio and heading towards retirement, I highly suggest you review it. You look at your life, you look at your costs, you look at your budget. Otherwise, I suggest accumulating wealth. There's no shame in maxing out your 401k and you know getting drunk tonight if that's what you do. There's a shame in not maxing out the 401k. If you just get drunk every night and Hey, I'm going to live life. I'm going to live life. I could die. Who cares anyway? Uh, if that's you, I feel bad for you. Because if you do live, your age 60 and plus, it's going to be very unattractive. And for those of you who are counting on mom and dad to bail you out, they're living longer and longer, and they are quickly eating through your inheritance. So... Don't count on it. Just trying to be honest with you. I hate that, right? Don't you wish I was going to lie, just lie? Oh, Social Security is so much fun. So we're waiting on the Fed minutes on Wall Street. SP 500 is down 3, the NASDAQ's up 1, the Dow's down 38. We're getting a lot of content stories today tied towards Apple TVs, Google TVs, Google wanting to buy potentially exclusive rights, the NFL ticket. Apple getting Vivo. Apple's recently hired some executives who've uh, you know worked in television and worked in smart technologies tied towards um, jewelry, tied towards internet-enabled jewelry. So Apple's recently hired Yves Saint Laurent, uh, one of their CEOs, to help design wearable jewelry. That's internet-connected. Apple's recently pulled in one of the original team members who worked on the Nike fitness band. Existing home sales jumped to three-year high. That's kind of nice, right? Eh. Eh. It's kind of nice. That's all I'm going to get from you. Totally fair. I understand why you're angry at me. Because you're like a three-year-old child. Stocks registered in opening losses today. Kind of waiting on the Fed. There's some weak retail numbers and some strong retail numbers. The weak retail numbers tied towards Staples, Target, and American Eagle Outfitters. The strong retail numbers tied towards Lowe's, which is basically 
similar to what Home Depot did yesterday. If you were to close your eyes, you'd see very similar type of uh, metrics from Home Depot and Lowe's. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. Taking a look at some of the action today. Technology stocks are leading. Taking a look at some of the, you know, the, the material sector is trading with a gain today. It's been kind of weak recently. Energy's higher by one-tenth of a percent. Crude oil sheds three-tenths of a percent to $104 a barrel. Soybeans are stronger. Ethanol's stronger. Corn stronger. Wheat stronger. Wheat means we're going to be paying more for our cereal. Corn means we're going to be paying more for our food because our food is so corn-based. Corn syrup. Yum! Both gold and silver in the red today. I can't make a case for gold or silver at this point in time because all I see is the Fed potentially raising interest rates or definitely not lowering interest rates. Might be a better way of saying that. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. I'd love to see you out there. It is an event called the Retirement Boot Camp Workshop. Best way to generate income in retirement. Avoiding high fee retirement products, minimizing the impact of taxes. The event's coming up September 12th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. How about your finances? Do you wake up every morning feeling confident about college funds and retirement? I would like to believe that most of you are answering yes, but the fact is I know you're not. And you know deep down that your present situation... Do you have student loans? Welcome in. Good day. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I do this show because, well, I've got an ego issue, for sure. But on top of that, Americans are not saving enough for retirement. Now, if you were to go out and take a look around the world, you would see some great stories. Gene Simmons, best-selling American band Kiss, 28 gold albums, self-made man. Moved from Israel with his mother to Queens. Started a band that would end up compiling 28 gold records over the years. Now again... I was one of those children, just to show you what life is. I was one of those kids who was afraid of Slayer. I was afraid of Queensryche. I was afraid of uh, metal bands, Ozzy Osbourne. My dad just wouldn't allow that music in the house kind of thing. I was afraid to kiss. I liked Barry Manilow. The song, I can't smile without... You can't smile without you. Her name was Lola. Um, What other stuff did I like? Just a lot of bad music as a kid. And as a a teenager, like European pop bands like Alphaville. Let's dance in style, let's dance for a while. Heaven can wait, we're only watching the stars. Hoping for the best, but are they going to drop the bomb or not? Forever young. So anyway, long story short, I see a story like Kiss, and I, I want to tell you it, because I think it's a good story. Gene Simmons, 
He wants his kids, Nick and Sophie, to work as hard as he did. I didn't see Kiss as a company that worked hard, but it is. When they sell Kiss coffins, they're a company that works hard. Every year, he wants his kids to get up out of bed, go out and work, and make their own way. So the $300 million bucks that belongs to Simmons, $300 million. Okay, we don't have to play these back out of this. Detroit, music, rock, Beth. Like, yeah, the one song by Kiss that I liked was their slow song that Peter Chris sang. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. now. I could go into Andrew Lloyd Webber and his billions and billions of dollars that he's made off stupid people like you going to see cats. Whoops, internal editor back on. Um, Bill Gates giving away his money, not all to his kids. George Lucas made four plus billion dollars giving away his wealth to charity and not necessarily to his kids. Because... On one hand, you see it the hard work and you see the appreciation. But all it takes is, you know, just look around at Siri Cruz. She's been making tabloid covers since she was born. Six-year-old stayed in Cinderella's Castle Suite, an apartment originally designed for Walt Disney himself. Her wardrobe is worth over $3 million. It has a coveted $2,100 Dolce & Gabbana red trench coat. She's got a 24000 grand Victorian playhouse. She has a $24,000 playhouse that has running water, electricity, and landscaping. Then you take a look at, like, um, Justin Dior Combs, son of Diddy, P. Diddy. He's got a $360,000 silver Maybach. That's a car that I've never even heard of. It's so expensive. He was featured on My Super Sweet 16. He's living the good life. Now, he's earned a starting scholarship for UCLA, but he's getting a lot of good... I mean, $360,000 car for a teenager? Are you crazy? I'm not crazy, T. Um, Peter and Harry Brandt, sons of Stephanie Seymour. Uh, Peter Brandt is a media mogul. Their father... Gold-plated Rolls-Royce. The kids have a gold-plated Rolls-Royce. They tweet things like, Triumphant return to Paris. Uh, it's, it's sad when you see how great people could be at giving away money, and it's sad when you see how spoiled their children are when they give it to their children. So, you know, an example, the Prince of Brunei, his son... For his 30th birthday, he pulled out all the stops. Had Pamela Anderson, Marissa Tomei. I know Marissa Tomei. He's a billionaire playboy through the party of the year. 70,000 euros on flowers alone. Which, for the record, I think is one of those things that you should never buy. I know you're saying, you're saying don't buy flowers? Grow them if you want to, but they die. I know you're saying, you're cheap. Um... He gifted $6 million worth of jewels to his friend Mariah Carey, the Prince Brunei. Right? It's ridiculous when you see how poorly people live. And then you come back to one troubling story that I can't get out of my head. 
Americans aren't saving enough for retirement. Of those between age 50 and 64, only 15% say they're saving. 15% Americans are pulling back on saving because they've already saved enough. No, 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 no. 40% of American households near retirement have no retirement account at all. Among the 60% in the group who have retirement accounts, the average balance is $100,000, which is nothing. It's two years of living for most Americans. It's not even close. People underestimate how much they should save. They go $300,000, $400,000 looks like enough. It's not even close. I think it's going to kind of work up. I know you're saying, tell me another Gene Simmons story. <laughs> no. You have to earn those. Those don't grow on trees. So some of the big stories of note today. Um, it is summertime. I know you're saying, uh, Rob, I could actually take a look out the window myself. Okay, so you can. So you can. There's not a lot going on. A lot of vacations going on. Very low volume going on. We've got the debt ceiling and the budget coming up in September. We have a new Fed chairman named in September. Right now, we've got a market that's getting a little bit weak. It's down 3.5% from its all-time highs. 3.5%. Target sees year profit near low end. Cautious shoppers. <sighs> Staples, weak numbers. Cautious small businesses. Home Depot and Lowe's, strong numbers. Macy's last week, meh. But on the high end, the Michael Kors, doing very well. And when I say Kors, I'm not saying beer. I'm not saying that watered-down Coors Light. Literally. I needed water to wash my car the other day, and I didn't have access to a hose. So I got a case of Coors, and I just washed my car with that. Because it, it's kind of like water. And then you're saying, you wash your car with beer? I do. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of awesome, important, big deal. Just some words to sum me up. S&P 500 down 4, the NASDAQ down 2, the Dow down 50. Sweet! iTunes radio coming. Probably with a new operating system. They've locked up some big advertisers like Coca-Cola and McDonald's. That'll be nice to see. Google's considering bidding on the NFL ticket package, taking it away from DirecTV. DirecTV got it for a billion dollars last time around. It's going to be a lot more expensive this time. Here's this is Rob Black. Your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Got a big event coming up at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Learn more at robblack.com. All these things that you say, like I forget about. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Looking at a major injury accident.com today. Wall Street declines on Fed anxiety and mixed... RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Doing my best to talk money investing, trying to get you to retirement. That's my goal. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Easiest thing you can do to get to retirement is max out your four hundred one k. 
And then even if you don't save enough, you'll have enough to make some decisions. Should you move to Tonga? Should you move to Ecuador? That may be your only option, is to significantly and drastically lower your cost of living. I can tell you that listening to radio shows and television shows and newsletters and so-called gurus won't get you as far as you want it to. So be very cautious. There's no cheat sheet on Wall Street. It takes time. It takes work. It takes income, which is in your 20s if you're not projected to have a good income, and you see others around you that do, go to college and, and learn what they learned. I know you're saying, you're pretty harsh. Yes, I am. I drink harsh beer. I'm a harsh man. In, out. SP 500 down 3, Dow down 44, NASDAQ down fractions. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton from New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. I think you got this email, so I don't know the name on it, but it says, I have zero debt. I own a $300,000 condo outright. I want to exactly brag about that. I have $210,000 in an IRS, $70,000 liquid, $8,000 to invest per month. $8,000 to invest per month. Goal is to guarantee income, 4000 per month for life, so that I can retire as soon as possible between the age of 40 and 50. I'm currently 34 years old. What do you recommend for me? How much are fees? Well, first of all, the condo is probably in Stockton, so that's a great, look, great, great condo in Stockton. Be nice. Um, could all be, right. Could be a free month. This, this email is interesting because... A lot going on. Well, there's a lot going on, and part of it is just the understanding of the, the time value of money, which is really important in terms of understanding how much you need to save for retirement. And the first concept that people need to get is inflation, because inflation is really for the average retirement. That's kind of the boogeyman. You know, how, how much were my costs? Once I have a limited resource, which, resource, which is my nest egg, how long is this money going to last? And inflation plays a big part in that. A 1% move in inflation means you have to draw more out of your portfolio. And you have to sit and do the math, but trust me, if a 1% move up in inflation is more hurtful to a portfolio than a 1% move down in long-term growth rates because one is a draw and one is a growth. So you have to do the math to figure it out. But look, this guy's saying I want, he's, he's making like $8,000 a month to invest now. Right. And he's saying he only wants 4000 a month to live in retirement. If 8000 a month is what, 96000 a year, right? That's what he has left over to invest, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah, it's a sizable chunk. He wants 4k a month in income, i.e. about $50,000 a year in income. At age 50 retiring at age 40 to 50, $40,000 a year in income. Well, the first You're not exactly a swinger. No. And and okay, so the value of money is cut in half every 18 years with inflation at yeah. normal rates. So the first math you have to do is say, okay, to get 4,000 a month in today's dollars, at age 50, he'll need $8,000 a month to maintain whatever that 4000 he thinks is going to buy him. Okay? So then he has to realize that whatever vehicles he's saved in are typically pre-tax or there's embedded gains, and he has to pay Uncle Sam when he draws out. So then you have to say, okay, I actually need $11,000 a month to sell it out of my portfolio, pay taxes to net that eight grand. Yeah. Right? The next step, you say, okay, that $11,000 a month, that means you need about 137000 a year to live. Okay, and so it, and the math is actually 11,429 equates to 137,143 a year to live. Now at age 50, if you want your money to last till age 100, 
And you want to be able to make sure that you have the ability to draw a little bit more out each year for inflation. At age 50, a 50-year-old could only safely draw about 3.5% a year out of the portfolio. They have to leave, and this is assuming about a 6% growth rate. They, have, they can only draw 3.5% out a year to live because they have to leave the other 2.5% or more that they get in growth in there for future, future inflation costs because you can draw out a certain amount each year, and then it's going to increase every single year with inflation. So that person, to maintain that, $137,143 a year that we just calculated would need $3.9 million to be able to retire at age 50. And that said, you, you know, think about that. And also, 33, he's putting away 100000 a year. He ain't going to hit the number. He, well, he might, but the problem is, does he want to? Does he want uh, that much of a drastic change if he's a doctor making enough to save $8,000 a month? Uh, does he really want that step down in the standard of living? Does he really realize the cost And he's a high earner right now. I question, like, put... I don't want to take my foot off the gas too soon. Right. Because when I do, I'm not going back to work. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you want that flexibility to be... To, if you want to work, you can. If once you I leave the high-profile career of AM radio, <laughs> getting back into it is not going to be the easiest thing in the world because that job will have been replaced. Yeah. Your voice will sound old. It'll be yeah. terrible. <laughs> Trust me, there's plenty of old people in this station. <laughs> I will be young for another 30 years, comparatively. Um, with that said, also, like, what if he's, like, 45 and has a heart attack? And, like, healthcare's going to be super expensive for him until the retirement years. Nice thing about working is company covers your healthcare sometimes. Well, you've you really got to think about what you're going to do in retirement. A lot of people think they want to retire at 50, and then they – what are you going to do every day? What's going to make you happy? And sometimes that's still working in some way, shape, or form, or volunteering, or whatever it may be. The other thing is, is he talks about guarantees 4000 a month in income. The only thing you can get in terms of guaranteed income is buying life annuities from insurance companies. You don't want to do that at all-time interest rate lows. You do not want to do that. So doctors get sold a lot of product. They have to be really careful, make sure they're working with a fee-based fiduciary, you know, CFP. CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Devo and deals with Apple and Samsung for TV programming. I like that story. Google and talks with the NFL about buying broadcast games on YouTube. I like that story. Um, as the music industry has changed dramatically from albums and cassettes to CDs, the television industry has been pretty static. And uh, the more we shake things up, the more content we're getting in different ways. For some people, we love it. For some people, they don't like it. Um, I pay $13 a month for radio, but I prefer satellite radio so that I can listen to what I want to listen to without commercials. And again, I do a radio show. What sort of hypocrite am I, right? It's pretty crazy. Fast Food Strike coming to you August 29th. Yay. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about Rob Black and your money. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. 
Every now and then we see these statistics that just sound surreal. 40% of American households near retirement age have no retirement account at all. 40%. have a median of about 100,000. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefconomistbriefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? Good. That statistic I just threw out there tells me that our economy is not going to be really strong basically for the rest of my life. (laughs) <laughs> because the people who are retiring aren't going to be spending. Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it assumes no you know, asset growth from what they currently have. And if you assume some asset inflation, at least you'll have a little bit more than those current numbers. But, I mean, overall, I mean, savings rate's been low forever. I mean, it's for probably now almost two decades where really people haven't been saving as much as they should. And a lot of that has been because asset growth, you know, has made it so you didn't need to. And then uh, you, you had the recession and you lost all your, uh, your your savings and you haven't recouped it. So, I mean, this has been a problem that's been, you know, in long coming, but I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a problem that means that uh, you're not going to see economic growth over the next, you know, 20, 30 years. That's fair enough. I was being a little dramatic, but <laughs> but I think it's fair to say the best growth days, the best growth days are likely behind the United States, unless something materially changes, world competitions kind of leveled the playing field a little bit as far as uh, getting in on the game. Agree or disagree? I disagree. I mean, okay. if you look at growth in two ways, you look at it as number of people working, so as you increase population and you increase employment, you increase growth. And the second part is technological progress and technological improvements. And, you know, if you have a productivity gain like we saw with the Internet, um, you know, you're going to get faster growth. So assuming that, you know, productivity gain is not going to be there because, you know, we're not going to have some kind of new breakthrough, I think, is selling us short. I think that, uh, you know, the U.S. economy is very resilient, and I think that our entrepreneurs are very intelligent. And, and you, know, I, you know, I'm not as concerned about uh, the fact that we can't see technological improvement that will drive productivity growth, that will drive, you know, growth, you know, in, in our standards of living. At the same time, we're hearing about this food strike, food worker strike, um, coming up on August 29th, where people want not minimum wage of seven and a quarter, but $15 an hour for working at Wendy's or McDonald's or Taco Bell. And the thing that I fear is if they do get more wage increases, what you said exactly, you know, productivity growth through machinery will basically put them out of a job altogether, and having little will look attractive compared to having nothing. Um, are you at all worried that, like, we are starting to look like a European country. We're having protests in the United States. Food workers are are striking for unions. Not worried. I can't. I can't um, sell you on negativity today. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of minimum wage going to fifteen dollars. Um, I don't like the idea of minimum wage probably going to ten dollars. Uh, just because I don't think the the benefits will outweigh the uh, you know the negatives, especially when you consider that you'll have a little bit higher inflation and probably more unemployment. However, I don't think that at that price you're going to all of a sudden see automation. You know, and I think that a lot of the protests that we're getting here, you know, a lot of it is social concerns, and, and rightfully so. 
when you're seeing bigger increases in inequality, you're going to see more um, protest-type movements, and I think that's what you're seeing, you know, especially since the return to the employed is not being evenly spaced out. You're, you're definitely getting winners and losers. Now, I don't think that it's necessarily due to structural problems in the economy, and that's what we're going to see forever. But, you know, at least at this point in time, you're definitely having, you know, certain, uh, you know, certain sexes doing better, certain races doing better, and, and that spurs protest movements. So let's talk retail sales numbers. Walmart, ugly. Target missed, lowered expectations. Macy's missed, lowered expectations. Kohl's, uh, a low-cost retailer, missed. J.C. Penney's burning cash. Best Buy was bad, but it was less bad. And then you get Home Depot and Lowe's. Good. What are you reading in the retail numbers? I mean, that's exactly what you're seeing. You're seeing consumers retrenching still. Uh, you're not seeing the, the solid growth. And, and you're getting that out of you know, fairly weak job numbers that have been coming across for the last uh, few months, even though the, the headline number is, has been strong. The, the underlying income numbers have, have not been there. And uh, you're seeing, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot succeeding because, you know, you're, you're getting the housing market coming back a little bit. And you, and you have people that are deciding that they want to sell their home, which means if they want to sell their home, they have to improve it to get it to, you know, meet some kind of minimum, you know, quality where they could compete with other homes in their area. So, you know, that's normal. You know, if we would have had a bigger bump in income growth, you know, if our employment numbers were a little bit more solid, um, I think things would be better. Looking forward, I think things in the uh, retail sales department are going to be better. You know, the claims numbers that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks have been showing you know, really strong uh, numbers implying solid, you know, improvements in labor conditions, which should result in more people having jobs and more income, which should result in more spending. So let's talk a little bit of housing. Some housing numbers came out today. It's been a strength in our economy. Uh, what did you make of the numbers that we saw today? Um I think my first reaction was unbelievable. I mean, and you look at the underlying trends in housing, they're, they're not as strong as you would expect. Uh, you have mortgage rates going higher, you have income that's stagnating, which means that the affordability of homes is moving down, and you have prices of homes going up, which also lowers affordability. And yet, you somehow managed to eke out you know, a strong gain in July, you know, brought it to its highest point excluding the uh, home buyers tax you know credit stimulus that that boosted itself in 2009 to its highest numbers in, since 2007 so i was really shocked to see those numbers and you know I, i've been focusing on it for, it for the last couple of days is looking to see how home builders are reacting to these changing environments and if you saw last week you had this huge increase in the um Home buyers' uh, outlook, they're, they're the NAHB home, home Builders Index, and you would expect that to mean that you know home builders believe that things are getting better. But if you look at the construction numbers, they don't believe that at all. They're not increasing their inventory levels. Inventories remain at historic lows, and it's like they're almost preparing for another pullback in demand. So. You know, and, and that makes sense considering you have higher interest rates and low income growth and higher prices. So, you know, what we want to see here is is steady, constant movement. I don't think we're going to have that. You know, like I said, it's this unbelievable look. This this gain just didn't make sense today. 
you know, the gain in sentiment doesn't make sense to the home builders on what they're actually doing. So this housing sector that seems to be what should be a leader in economic growth, I don't think is very sustainable right now. There's a story on Bloomberg today about 20,000, 50,000 stray dogs roaming the streets. Does, does that worry you that we have major cities that have just been abandoned? And you don't really have to answer that, but that's to me, and the strike of the food workers is telling me there's something weird about America going on. I, I don't know if I can relate the strike of the food workers to the Bloomberg article that was focusing on Detroit. I mean, Detroit's plight is, is much worse than, you know, just people saying, you know, we, we want more money. We, we deserve $15 as opposed to $9. Detroit's okay. problem is there's no people there, you know, and there's no income gen- being generated. There's no taxes being generated. And yet you have a city that's, you know, has not shrunk in terms of geographic size. So you have to somehow police, fire, you know, protect the city with less revenue but you didn't lose the size. It just doesn't. It's not possible. So, you know, the fifty thousand dogs makes sense. I mean, you have people that can't afford their pets anymore, and instead of taking them to a shelter where they know they're going to be killed, they figure if they just let them on the street, at least the, the animal will have a chance to survive. And you have nobody they can clean up after it. You're the best, Dr. Jeff Rose, and you just answered my fifty thousand roaming dogs angle. With that said, we've got about two minutes. Anything you're expecting from the Fed Reserve meeting notes coming up in a couple hours? I don't think so. I think they're going to be a disappointment in terms of people trying to find more insight in what's going on. I mean, the Fed has tried to make it clear they're going to be moving on uh, the economic data. In my opinion, the economic data does not justify tapering at this time. Uh, The Fed seems to be making statements that they do believe that it's justifiable and They've been making those statements outside the FOMC minutes, making them in speeches. And if you just follow that, then you have an idea where things are going to go. And maybe that's why we're seeing the housing numbers as robust as, as we are, because of what the Fed's done, right? Very possible. I mean, if you assume that uh, you know people are afraid the mortgage prices are going to go higher, mortgage rates are going to go higher, and you're rushing in to, to lock in your mortgage today so that you don't face higher mortgages in the future, you could see that you know it could be a reason why. You had a bump in sales that came out today. Thanks for joining me. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, ChiefEconomistBriefing.com. Today's a big day. The Federal Reserve released their minutes. Well, it could be a big day, a big headline kind of market-moving day. Um, we're getting we're getting used to the idea of the Fed tapering. That's the good thing. So when it happens, we'll have already known that it could happen. The Fed kind of likes to be transparent on that level without a lot of surprises. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. Dr. Jeff Rosen with me every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Wall Street time. The Dow Jones Industrial... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that. I try aggressively to get you entertained as well as informed about money issues. I skip the day's headlines unless they're relevant and breaking. So... I'm in front of this. I'm putting this together pretty much so in the late evening, early morning. You know, I saw a story last night that I haven't been able to get to, but it's there. And I'll just give you an example. Calvin Harris, he's on top of the electronic cash king's heap. Now, who is Calvin Harris? He's a DJ. He earned a whopping $46 million last year. Played more than 100 shows. He pocketed nightly performance fees exceeding $200,000, collecting more than music moguls Jay-Z and Katy Perry amassed in a 12-month period. Wow. He's a former grocery store clerk. He doubles as a songwriter and record producer. He made millions from his collaborations with Florence Welch, Eli Goulding, and Rihanna. The rise of dance music has been astronomical in the last three years. He happened to be at the right place at the right time. How much did he make last year? $46 million. Now, I can mock dance music and say that kids aren't saving enough and they're spending what they should be funding into retirement. But you can't mock $46 million in a year for a former grocery stock clerk. You have to be. You have to be with me on. That's insane. The National Football League's biggest partner is becoming a competitor. Television is becoming so adept at covering games that the NFL, which gets about half of its $9.7 billion from annual broadcast revenue fees, wants to be sure that the comforts of home don't become more attractive than the thrills of the stadium. As teams try to entice fans with things like huge stadium video screens, the Houston, Texas last, the Houston Texans last week unveiled a pair of, of screens that were so big they covered a third of an acre. That's pretty big. The league is embracing fantasy football as one way to keep people watching games in person. The Jacksonville Jaguars plan to open a fantasy football lounge at their field this season to cater to fans as interested in highlights from other games as the action on the field. That's pretty odd. But again, it, it shows the dynamics. You know, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, fantasy hockey, it makes you watch games you'd otherwise turn off and cheer for people you'd never cheer for. You know, if you're a Bear fan and uh, you're suddenly cheering for Aaron Rodgers... If you're a Niner fan and you're suddenly cheering for Seattle to pull off a last-second field goal because you have their kicker. 25 million Americans play fantasy football. 3.3 billion is spent annually on fantasy sports. That's one-third of NFL fans play fantasy football. 
And that means the teams have to cater to their needs. Now when you're at a game and one of your players is suddenly not going to play, can you make a lineup change? Can you go in and you know, change things before the game starts? I don't know. Yahoo has done really well with fantasy sports. The average cost for a family to visit an NFL game, 443 bucks. Up 4% year over year. Again, higher than wage inflation. Levi's Stadium, which still sounds goofy. Yahoo's going to create a fantasy lounge in a club area where 1,500 fans can follow their teams. 49ers are aiming to become the most technologically innovative space in NFL. And Yahoo's trying to be there, right? I get it. Hopefully you do as well. Because this is not rocket science, jet fuel engine studying. SP 500's down 8. The Dow's down 80. The Nasdaq's down 15. Target, a little bit better than Walmart. J.C. Penney's, in my opinion, is going to file for bankruptcy at some point in time. Because people who shop there are literally dying just of old age. Existing home sales jumped to a three-year high today. Lowe's and Home Depot, very big beneficiaries from the housing market. On the negative side of retail, basically, it's pretty soft out there. So the Fed Minute's coming up in about two hours. You can get a podcast of the show at robblack.com or at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. I have an event coming up, Retirement Boot Camp Workshop. Best way to generate income in retirement is to be covered. Everything you need to know about retirement, predicting retirement income costs and needs. Very, very, very important. Apple target raised to 560 day. Steve Milinovich basically says that China mobile deal is going to land before the end of the year, and a cheaper iPhone is going to have better margins than what were being modeled. Don't forget you can sign up for that retirement event workshop at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Get the podcast at kdow.biz. Come to the workshop. It's going to be at Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel, in a little under a month on a Thursday evening. Sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Take care. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.